0: Coming up, today's guest spent seven years working for Apple, and now is the founder of a performance-based influencer marketing platform. You'll discover the most effective way to get started with influencer marketing, what types of creatives work best on Instagram, and finally, you know I had to do it. I had to ask him about any secrets he could share about getting an Apple feature. All that, and so much more. The most action-packed content from the top mobile experts. This is the App Masters Podcast with Steve P. Young. Calculate your app's LTV and predict your mobile app's cash flow over the next year with Pollen VC's LTV Calculator. Learn more by visiting ltvcalculator.pollen.vc. Want to scale your ASO and Apple search ads? Well, check out appradar.com. Their clients include Tinder, Microsoft, iTranslate, and many more. Learn more at appradar.com. What is up, App Nation? It is Steve P. Young, founder of AppMasters.com, the place you go when you want action pack content related to the app business because we talk to some awesome people. I really pick their brains so that we can all collectively use their knowledge to help us grow our respective businesses. And today, I've got a phenomenal guest. His name is Dom Little. He spent the last 7 years at Apple and I'm going to ask him a little bit about that. But now he is the founder of a company called Amp and Go, a performance-based influencer marketing platform. Check him out. It is amp and a n d go.com. Dom, welcome to the show.
1: Steve, thank you very much for having me. How's it going?
0: I'm great, man. I'm super excited to have you on. And I want to know all the Apple secrets, but that's just a little tease for later on. But Dom, um, <laughs> talk about Amp and Go like what really prompted you to start this influencer marketing platform.
1: Yeah, no, and fa- thanks, Steve. Um, you know, I think influencer marketing as a marketing vehicle is a kind of fascinating place. You know, it hasn't been around for that long, but celebrity marketing has been around forever. Um what interested me the most is, as a, as a marketing tool, it, it's still very much treated as a traditional um, output. The, the way it's priced, the way it works, is, is more similar to buying a TV ad um, or an out-of-home billboard, but it's a completely digital phenomenon. Um, so what was interesting for me is, how I could automate it, how I could build a marketplace, you know, similar to how Airbnb or Uber have innovated in their industries, how I could innovate and build a true marketplace, you know, that connects brands and influences more seamlessly, how I could reinvent the billing model and how influences price themselves and build it around performance, um, which makes it more transparent and more trustworthy. Um, ultimately, the growth in, in the industry and in the sector is there, so that was interesting for me. Um, i would learned a lot of things at Apple after speaking to many app developers, you know, both small and big, uh, about their experiences. And I think anyone who's tried it out before would all, always say the same thing. It's difficult to scale. It's difficult to understand how it can drive performance and growth. Um, And then how do you make it financially viable? How do you put a value on an influencer? So those were all kind of problems I heard firsthand and therefore went and built solutions for. Um, And my my wife actually, funnily enough, works in the space too. So uh, I was able to kind of witness how she does it and they do it in a different way. Um, But, uh, you know, in the end of the day, it takes a long time to scan talent, to pay them, to negotiate with them to contract them and amp and go takes all of those stresses and pressures away and makes it easy. And hopefully brands and influencers can have fun with it. Um, you know, that was kind of the story and the background. I think it's so helpful to have that, that background? Because
0: I think too many times we hear business ideas. I'm like, I'm going to go do it. But I'm like, what's your background? Like what makes you qualified to do this business? And you heard the stories from these developers and you saw like how much they were spending and you saw the the pain points. So where did you start? Like, you're like, Hey, I want to solve these main pain points. How do I get these influencers? Where do you start to get this company going yourself?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. Um, For me, I'd had some experience with launching products at Apple. Um, whether it was campaigns or, you know, from an app store perspective, which was, you know, the job and the team that I worked with helping launch Apple Watch and Apple TV, multiple versions of iOS. uh, I kind of understood the steps and the process to kind of walk through. So for me, the first thing was how do I build a brand? Um, How do I make it stand out? Um, how do I get a name and a visual and, and get the colour Pantone's right? Um, I think, you know, it's a competitive industry. There's a lot of agencies out there. There's a lot of platforms. But how do we stand out and make ourselves look cool amongst the rest? So that was really the first stepping stone for me was I'd been inspired by a great digital designer called Danny Tok who's based in London, um, who's a good friend of my brother's, actually. So I reached out to him. Um, He knew nothing about the digital world. I don't think he even had a social channel. Uh, So he was immediately like really inspired to work on this because it was kind of outside of his wheelhouse, despite the fact that he's such a prominent digital designer. So he came up with something that we loved um, as a team. I felt it it stood out. I felt felt that it was prominent and it was powerful. Um, From there, you know, we're bootstrapped. So I then kind of took the designs, I built out all of the wireframes myself. And in one, on one side of things, I spent seven years working with app developers. So I'd probably seen every single UI and UX experience that's out there. Um, and I'd spent a lot of time with it. So I was able to put the wireframes together. I worked with a, a design team in Hong Kong that then brought those to life. And then the massive stroke of luck was that I, I, I found some Google, ex-Google AI engineers who then kind of built the whole platform out. And I was their first client. They did a fantastic job. I still work with them now. That was the real stroke of luck. That was the turning point where you know, a plan on paper became a reality. Uh, and suddenly we had something that you know, had substance um, and, and visually looked great. And then we built it from there. We soft launched in September. Soft launch for us didn't really mean the traditional kind of soft launch in the app world where you test things out. For us, it meant we'll open up the supply side of things and get influencers to sign up. Mm. And uh, we then ultimately launched the demand side, the brand side businesses in January. But our experience in in September when we did the the supply and got influencers to sign on was, was fairly interesting because. Even from when the idea started to take momentum in early 2019, the the, the the kind of industry was competitive, but I've read articles recently, it's blown up last year. There's tons of people wanting to take a part in this, trying to make it easier, trying to automate it. Um, we still are very differentiated, which is great, and you know, maybe we can talk about that later. But um, it was hard to get influencers to sign up to begin with, I think in the first week or two, we had five people sign up. And we were like, I don't know if this is going to work. <laughs> <laughs> you built out the whole system already too. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> like it, there was no turning back at that stage. Um, but slowly, word of mouth really had an impact. We had a referral uh, mechanism in the platform itself. I think now 10 to 15% of the influencers who have signed up have been recommended to sign up by others. We started promoting the people that had signed up you know, whether they were had small following sizes or large on our Instagram. That then allowed us to be credible. Some mm. of these people are recognizable influencers. And then we took it from there. And, you know, we're growing the whole time organically now. We don't really reach out to influencers as much as, the, you know, we did at the end of last year. We're just letting people come to us. And everyone's hand selected so far. The quality is great. We're really happy with the people who have got Um, everyone seems to be really enjoying it. So, so far so good. That's awesome, man. Hey, you know, I've always had
0: the mindset that let's build it. Let's get revenue into the door and then let's sort of build the system out. And I like the mindset that you kind of have. And I don't, I don't think there's a right way to this, but you said, let's build this brand. There's a lot of competitors out there. I want a nice looking webpage. I want a nice looking deck, which I got to see as well. And let's build that brand first, build a platform and then go after the supply and demand. What made you get, go take that approach versus my approach? when I've been like, I know these developers, I have some influencers. Let's make a deal, and I will sort of be the machine for now.
1: The so hindsight's a great thing. I think if I was to roll back time, would I have done it differently? Maybe. I think after spending, you know, pretty much my whole career working for Apple, where nothing gets rushed out, the I, I was a perfectionist before I started working there, and then I was like an obsessive perfectionist when I left. Uh, so for me, there there was no question around it. Everything had to be fully tested, perfect, bug free, feeling good about everything before we took the steps. That's something that's quite rare in in the startup universe. Um, whether in the future. You know, in five, 10 years, when I'm thinking about starting a new business, will I do things differently, maybe. Um, maybe, a, you know, Tiger never changes its stripes at the same time. It's definitely my experience that made me do it that way. Um, and and I'm, I'm, really, I'm really happy that I did spend the time on it because, you know, we've got something unique and the feedback that we've got so far from brands and influencers has been fantastic. And if we can create a great experience then it's going to work in the long run. We want people to keep coming back. So I think it was worth the extra time. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's fascinating to see other, other people really build the plane whilst it's in the air. We didn't, we didn't necessarily do that.
0: Hey, so let's talk about influencer marketing. Maybe you can help the audience out with how to get started with influencer marketing. So for a, let's say, let's say for a game, I've got a game. I'm going to launch it. I want to work with influencers. What kind of advice do you have? Do I start small with the micro influencers with a smaller budget and then work my way up? What would you say?
1: I think you've got to test it out with, you know, as low a cost as you can to begin with. I think we've worked with tiny companies that have one employee and we've got some massive household name companies coming on board how I would start it is you, ha- you have to grassroot it. I think in this day and age, micro-influencers are probably the most powerful people that you can access. If, you can, if you've got a physical product or a digital product, if you can get it, get it in the hands of people who are authentic and have influence with their following, then start there. Give away free subscriptions to your app. Give people codes. Give people product. Get it in their hands. Hopefully they'll like it. And, and hopefully they'll, they'll produce, you know, content and talk about it. I think that's how you've got to start is to dip your toe in the water and, and see what works. I think there's so many benefits from influencers that are probably unforeseen. The, a lot of brands can a product with someone and they might come up with a sentence that perfectly describes its unique product offering. And there and then you have the equivalent of Netflix and chill that was born from social and became a huge Phenomenal brand positioning for them. Um, you could have someone, you know, in their parents' house in Denver, come up with something that perfectly describes your product, but saves you thousands of dollars of spending on a brand agency. And they might not even get to that point because you've got to hear what the customer thinks. So you've got to start there. That's how I would do it if if I had, you know, my own business, and then build up. If you're, not, if you're not able to do that, um, you know, the next step is to use someone like us where you can do it for such a low cost. But we built out our pricing model at the same rate as running a digital ad on Facebook or Instagram. So it's, it's the same price or cheaper. And we did that to, to ensure that we had super low barriers to entry to allow small startups that don't have great budgets to try it out I mean, at the same time, the platform is built for, you know, huge campaigns with, you know, six digit budgets who want to activate 250 people all all at the same time on the same day. We can do that, but the flexibility is there. So I would say that's kind of your next step is, you know, definitely try it out without paying before you go the paid route. Um, And then a platform like us can, can really help the ultimately then how you would prove success, and sorry to, to give you such a long answer, is one of the things that I'm really excited about is if you find a person who's great at promoting your product, then how do you find people who are very similar? And it's kind of like look-alike targeting in the digital world, but in the influencer world, that's kind of, no one's ever really thought about it, but you can do it, you know, if that person in Denver creating content in their parents' house in the garage is your perfect person, then how do we find people who are very similar to that to make sure that, you know, it's successful and drives growth and, and does, you know, what you want, which is drive brand and performance at the same time, which I think if you get influencer marketing right, you can do.
0: Now, do you let the influencer sort of control the creative?
1: The, so how how the platform is set up is a brand... A brand creates a campaign, influencers can then apply to it or a brand can invite them to work on it. At that stage, an influencer has to create an application. A brand either approves that application, they can provide feedback to it if they want the influencer to change it or they can reject it. Once they've been approved, they can create content, upload the content on the platform, the brand gets to approve it or provide feedback to the content before it goes live. So the, the control is on the brand. The ultimately how good the content is, is how well they set up their brief in terms of the direction that they provide. Um, I, I like to hope that influencers don't have to recreate content, um, over and over again. And actually funny enough, no one has provided feedback so far to any influencer on any post on our platform which is great because the last thing an influencer wants to do is go and recreate something. And the more they recreate something, you're going to start losing authenticity, which is obviously the most powerful thing here. Uh, but yeah, so the the platform's set up so that the brand has control, but we really like influencers to have the freedom to create the content in the way that they want to.
0: What does a good brief have that would make for an excellent creative
1: from an influencer? So in terms of a brief itself, you know, what to say, what not to say, don't, don't mention competitors. Uh, this might be, they might give some examples of things that they've done with other people in the past that can be a good guide. Uh, really, that's kind of where it starts. I mean, the ultimate brief and the kind of campaigns that you want to work on are the ones that have some virality to them. You know, if, if you can get behind a movement um, or create a movement and build the campaign around that, that's the best guide that you can get. Uh, I don't know whether you were cool, you know, last summer where a bunch of people were posting videos of them kicking a bottle cap
0: mm-hmm.
1: off um, or the ice bucket challenge, all these, these big viral things, like irrelevant of what they're made for. That's how you start a movement that's the best guide that you can get Mm -hmm. uh, because everyone gets it and it's instant. If you don't have that, then, you know, a great brief is just great direction. uh, And then going from there, really.
0: Yeah. I mean, I I would love to do that. Like be the person that, what was it? The Drake song where people are getting out of their cars and dancing, like how do so somebody has to do it. So maybe like if you potentially want to go viral, you come up with some concept and you make, all the influencers do some concept and hopefully that takes off.
1: Yeah. And you can't do it with everything and you can't push it. Yeah. but When the moment's right, if you land on something like that, then, you know, you're on a winner.
0: The other thing I want to get to as well is from, if I want to work with AMP and Go, are there some analytics tools? How do you go about tracking the performance of the
1: influencers? So we, we integrate with YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter's APIs. So we draw down, when an influencer signs up, they authenticate their social channels, um, which is completely safe and secure. It's actually the social networks plug-in. Um, once they, they connect that behind the scenes in the back end, we can track all of our metrics. So we track impressions, engagements, clicks, and video views. That's ultimately what we price on. So when a brand signs up for a campaign after they filled in their brief, they select their budget and their objective out of those four impressions, engagements, video views, and clicks. And then we create a campaign goal. So if, you know, if someone like Nike come along and they've got a new sneaker, they'll select, we want to drive video views, and here's our budget. And then Amp and Go will calculate their campaign goal, which mm-hmm. would be you know, 5 million video views. And then influencers get paid, more or less in real time, for every video view that they drive up until the goal has been achieved. So that's where we find transparency where a brand knows exactly what they're going to get. And it feels much more like setting up an Instagram ad where you get given a, a kind of a bracket goal. What we do is we give you the exact goal. Your campaign will keep on going until you hit that. Um, and ultimately, we're using the API integration to draw down the metrics every 12 hours of a campaign influencer channel and post level so you can see what's working and what isn't. Uh, and then we leverage those metrics to pay the influencers.
0: What if the goals of our downloads? Should I have a just kind of or some type of attribution tool ready to go?
1: Yeah, so right now we don't price out on, on downloads. It's something that we're looking to add in the future for sure. Uh, it's not the easiest thing to do because App Store Connect is closed out to third parties. So you would need to have a, 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 middle, um, a middle partner like Tune um, or Apps Flyer that can then post you back for download data. So that's a requirement that the, the developer would need to have to then for us to price out on it. It's not the easiest thing to do. Um, but yeah, ultimately, how we're working with app developers now is that they're appending their own tracking. So they see the metrics that they get on AMP and Go, and then they can track everything on their side, on their back end for Google Analytics or whatever it might be in terms of downloads, subscriptions, time spent in app, average revenue per paying, um, cost, and all of the, you know, the other more robust metrics that people track. I think the one thing on influencers in general is usually you'll see 25% direct affiliate performance. So from a click, you'll see 25% of traction coming through that click and 75% of the performance coming from people then searching for you on the app store or searching for you on Google. So one of the things also what what we're thinking about is if we do price out on downloads, it's it's not going to be a great situation for influencers because they're only going to see 25% of the value there. Yeah, uh, But yeah, that's how, that's how developers are setting it up right now. on I to a go.
0: Is that the best way of justifying the spend or, you know, people who have to tell their bosses that this is working that, Hey, you know, I, people are just going to search for it. They're going to see the content. They're going to search for it. You're going to have to sort of rely on the lift.
1: Yeah, I think so. I think that there's a lot of outputs, the, you know, the fact that we are cheaper than Facebook and Instagram makes it easier to test. Once you've tested, you can see the uplift, you know, whether you turn off the other marketing to see pure uplift or whether you can just track what you were doing before and then, and then trying to track the effective performance increase afterwards. That's, that's where it lies, I think, you know, with any performance marketing or user acquisition marketing now in, in the Apple game world. The, there's a huge appetite to test and optimize and, and try and work out how you can get cheaper downloads than than paying Facebook, you know, and sometimes eight to ten bucks cost per install, uh, which that's really heavy if you, if you don't have big investment and you don't have uh, you know cash flow coming in straight away. So um, that's that's where you, that's where it stands, you know. That's where the, the the people that I'm speaking to are pitching it in. Uh, you obviously save on creative. You're not having to pay for creative. Uh, you can A/B test influencer to influencer, which would be a similar sort of situation as you know A/B testing different creative or different messaging. Uh, so there's there's various ways of looking at it. Um, you know, brand uplift or, or through, through downloads, but um, that's ultimately probably how they're selling it in, yeah, on their side.
0: Hey, I want to get back to what you said with the influencer and getting them on board to amp and go and how they're all referrals based now. Like what have you done to entice influencers to want to bring their other friends on board? Has it just been organic? Like you just built a great platform or did you sort of incentivize them too?
1: The there was no kind of raw incentive. There were some influencers who came to us and said, you're going to have to pay me 500 bucks, a thousand bucks to sign up. And that wasn't really part of our policy at the time. I don't see that, that changing for us because we try to build a platform that allows influencers to find brands that they want to work with, find campaigns that, that seem cool in a way that doesn't take them ages. You know, there's a lot of influencers out there who are pitching brands, are DMing them saying, can I work with you? That takes time. They may, they may never hear back depending on their follower size you've then got other influencers who just get pitched the whole time mm-hmm. um, but maybe by companies that they don't want to work with be, the nice thing about amp go is it doesn't cost you anything to sign up you don't have to be exclusive there are other companies out there other platforms but you have to be exclusive to them and they may never find you the campaigns that you want to work on so the barrier to entry was nothing the the biggest thing that we did was they get paid every 12 hours where a lot of influencers will have to wait two to three months after they finish the campaign. You know, net 60, net 90 is what they, is, is you know, how they define it or the terminology behind it. On our platform, once you've posted your content and you start generating performance, you're basically making money there and then. Every 12 hours, we round up your performance, we deposit it into your AMP and Go account, and then you transfer it out to your bank account, like transferring out Venmo. Um, so it's so simple and you know, whether you're whether you're super busy or you're not what we've heard from influencers is this is it's a fantastic experience it's so easy for them to get involved we've had some people only do campaigns on their phone that mm. seems that seems kind of mad to say but um a lot of these platforms are are uh, you know very much uh, laptop based and hard to use on the go uh so it's really cool the feedback that You know, some people can can genuinely find a campaign, create content, upload it, post it, make money, you know, whilst they're going about their day-to-day life um, on AMP and Go. So that was, I think that was a big selling point.
0: When you talk about micro-influencers too, what is the follower count that we're looking at?
1: We like to go 10,000 and up. We've got some people who are really good content makers who have got less than ten thousand. The large majority of our roster, we've got over 1,500 handpicked people who have signed up on AMP and Go right now. Uh, We've got access to around 10,000. We've done four partnerships with talent agencies, which is really cool. And that's something new that's kind of, you know, come through in the last few weeks. But uh, anything 10,000 and up, uh, really, that's what brands want. So that's kind of what we go after.
0: Nice, I just made it then. Just hit over ten thousand on YouTube. The, the up <laughs>
1: We'd love to have you.
0: <laughs> the range between is it ten thousand and like a hundred thousand? That's like the sweet spot to really go after for influencers. Like half a million.
1: So, in it, we've ten thousand. I think our largest influencers got thirty million followers. Wow. So we've got a we've got a big range the large majority of people who have signed up have got somewhere between 50 and 250,000 followers. Uh, and that's not channel specific, that's total following across all of our channels. Uh, but I think that's the sweet spot. I think it really depends on what you want. I think one of the things that I'm speaking to brands a lot about is let's run two campaigns. Let's find you your celebrity ambassador or a mixture of those and find out the perfect one for you. And that's a big budget campaign. But that's something that a lot of people want to go after. And let's do that whilst we're doing a one-to-many campaigns, where you set it up, you see which influencers want to work with you, let them organically apply, see, see who's come in, and then choose the ones that you want to work with from there. I think if you run both of those trains at the same time, you're going to have really a really good uplift. I think that's the most effective way of doing it because you get both sides of the table kind of grassroot and up and like big celebrity down.
0: Now, are you saying when you work with somebody through Amp & Go, like the big budget campaign, do that, pick one, big celebrity, kind of big following, do that, and then do a pool of like many smaller ones at the same time? Is that what yeah. you're kind of referring to? Yeah, yeah I think
1: of- the kind of triangular approach, the... You know, I've, I, I, there's various different studies around um, social content, creative behavior, whereby you have 1% who create, and 9% who kind of synergize that creation, and then 90% who follow. Right. So if, you, if you can lock 1% and 9% between going after that big ambassador and then grassroots it, you can kind of take over the whole pyramid. Um, I think that's the best way to go, but you've, you've obviously got to be in a, a fairly sophisticated position in terms of marketing, budget developer to, to, to do that. Yeah. And then you probably just run it all at once, right? You wouldn't go step by step,
0: just go all at once, try all to once. take over the internet.
1: Yeah. And then, and then go month to month afterwards. I think the, the best performance that you see from brands that run influencer marketing is it isn't really a one and done thing is leave it on, treat it as an always on marketing approach like you would with your other digital outputs mm-hmm. uh, and then let it grow and optimize over time.
0: Have you seen different, and I'm talking from the brand side, like different platforms, whether it's YouTube, Instagram, perform better for certain types of brands. What have you noticed from there?
1: So far, everyone seems to want to do Instagram. Uh, I think it's probably what people spend the most time on. So it's, it's the thing that people are most interested in. Uh, that's definitely our experience so far I think from reading studies as well 75% of the influencer marketing industry happens on that channel and then YouTube and then there's a huge tear off with everything else obviously TikTok would have changed the data points that I'm referring to which is mainly 2019 surveys Uh, TikTok are definitely definitely something that we're thinking about now we're not integrated with them yet uh, we would like to be, for sure. Um, a lot of brands are very keen to try that out. I think as a platform, you know, every, what everyone talks about is you can gain great organic performance on TikTok. You don't have to pay for it. So if you can create a channel and drive great organic growth and pair that with, with influencer marketing on a the platform, then you're going to do really well. So we're excited to test that out and definitely get brands you know, experimenting with it.
0: Yeah, I think that's what TikTok has done really well. Like they become sort of a YouTube where you can find great content
1: without having to follow anybody really. And followers may not matter as much on TikTok. Yeah. I mean, big time. So someone, um, one of my friends posted a video of me uh, over Thanksgiving actually, and it just tipped 100,000 video views. And, wow. it took. and it was posted in Thanksgiving and it was slowly growing. And then suddenly it just blew up. And that's unheard of on the other social channels. You know, the life cycle of a piece of content is usually about 48 hours. For some reason, it doesn't seem to be that way on TikTok, which is interesting.
0: Now on Instagram, just to get a little bit more granular on the have you seen that post, video posts, IGTV, stories? What have you guys seen perform pretty well in terms of like the products on Instagram?
1: Did anyone who, anyone who signs up to do a click-based campaign um, that has a click objective want stories influencers are gravitating to stories just because of swipe ups it's just it's just a better mechanism Uh, I think if if people were going for um, an impressions or a video view based campaign I'd probably suggest doing both I I quite like the idea of of doing a combination and having a nice life cycle of your content so really thinking about when to do a post versus when to do a story how many times someone needs to see your content before it makes someone transact the you know there's so many things you have, someone has to see something four times or seven times or it takes twenty-one times of doing something to then have like a repeat behavior. There's all these different behavioral scientific facts that marketers are uh, you know obsessed about. The it's finding that right combination of different content at different times in different places that that that's the you know the, the real gold. We're still working out exactly what that is. Uh, but at the moment it's, it's pretty much a spread. It really depends on, on how much an influencer wants to be affiliated to a product in terms of whether they post it on their wall or whether they post it on a story.
0: I see. And that's the value of Ampico, you know, cause I've noticed that I have to see something maybe three or four times before I'm like, oh, that's. Okay, why is this? You know, like if everybody's starting to talk about it, and you can use Amp and Go to work with many like micro influencers, so that they're all talking about it, and hopefully they have you know a synergy amongst them, so that that one person gets to see your content three or four times, and then maybe it's that fourth time that really gets them to take action.
1: Totally, I th- I think that's it. That's where the beauty of it lies. We we did a, a campaign with an app called Story Lux. um It's based out in San Francisco so close to you, and they got 65 applications from influencers wanting, wanting to work with them. The large majority of them dropped in the first 48 hours. So lots of traction very quickly. They could then sit back and choose who they wanted to work with and when they were going to activate their content. And if you could find that scale um, and find that quantity um, with great quality content, it will make a difference, and that—that's when people, you know, do follow multiple people, but are all posting the same thing, and that's probably what's going to, you know, change a customer's mind about checking it out or not.
0: How did you guys get? I was going to have one of my questions is like, how did you get your first customer? I know Storylux was one of the first ones to join and, you know, run a campaign on Amp and Go. How did how did that happen?
1: They're really good friends of mine. Um, the you know, I spent f- nearly five years living in San Francisco, uh, and funnily enough, our two I, I, don't, I live in New York now, but, but our first two campaigns were from businesses from San Francisco. The, that's how we did it. I, you know Friends of mine knew about the platform. They were excited. They would tested out a bunch of other influencer platforms already, so they knew what they were getting themselves into. Um, ultimately, they loved the experience. But uh, yeah, yeah I, I'll always be thankful for them for, uh, for, being, our, for being our first campaign.
0: Now, Dom, the audience would kick my butt if I didn't ask you about any Apple secrets that you're able to tell. You trust me. The audience is like ten people, Dom. Like nobody listens to this. But I, like, I don't believe you. <laughs> what, what what kind of tips can you give? Any insights on like, hey, I want to get featured. That's what people talk about a lot too. Like, is there anything I can do to make my app stand out a little bit more?
1: Uh, it's a great question. Um, I can't give away uh the family secrets I mean, I, 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 too much, but They'll I can, hunt you down. <laughs> I can speak generally to it uh, Apple will always hold a very strong place in my heart be, um you know in many ways, it was difficult to leave, but i I left under kind of personal circumstances, I needed to get back to London um, to be with my family and and I miss it, so i I'd, I'd never go against their rules. uh you know one day, maybe in the future I'll, I'll end up back there. But um, in terms of my guidance, it's really about quality of product. You know, I spent my first couple of years in the editorial team in Europe, um, managing the UK, Ireland, and the Scandinavian app stores, um, which at the time was fascinating because that was when you know massive mobile games was was blowing up, and a lot of those mobile games were from Sweden and and Norway. Uh, so it was really fortunate. I felt very lucky to, to be involved in that. Um, but in terms of, of being featured and coming from that team, it, it really is about quality of product. And I know that's, it, it, it's probably what you'd expect me to say, the, but it starts there. You know, the editorial team at the App Store, they're human beings. Um, they're real people. They're great people. They spend their time looking at apps. They love apps. They love discovering stuff. They love putting you know, campaigns together to allow discovery to be easier for, for the App Store customers. They're there looking at how is this different? Um, how does it compare to you know, other products that are similar? Where is it innovating? Which Apple first-party technologies are they implementing? That's always a big thing for us. Every year, You know, as developers watch WWDC, it's so important to to be aware of new features that can make your product better on Apple devices. And it seems so obvious. Um, and often, you know, adding in certain kits might be the last thing in your development runway run- runway or one run, um, roadmap. But it's really important because, you know, that's Apple build those things to make Apple customers have a better experience of using apps on their devices. The, that's why they're made. So really think about that. Um, You know, consider reaching out using the App Store Developer Portal, which is built as a kind of uh, one-to-many source and tool to really help you understand how to grow your product on the App Store, um, what things to to look out for. They've got some case studies on there where you can learn from best-in-class kids' apps, best-in-class subscription apps. That's a really good tool um, to be there and definitely use it. It also contains you know, certain email aliases where you can, you can get your product in front of the editorial team or marketing team. The, there's obviously millions of apps. So it's hard to get featured and it's hard to get the time of day. The, you've got to think about how you can grow your business organically without them, um, you know, using tips that you're very aware of and that you speak about um, you know, along with other user acquisition hacks and things like that. But um, you know, if the cream rises to the top, that's what I was told from such a young age from people who've influenced me in terms of my work uh, and and where I've got to. And if you create something that unique, that's unique in gains games, word of mouth reality, and is the app that you've got on your phone that you can't wait to tell your friends about or your family about. That's a great start. Start there and then keep on building. And it will be a matter of time before someone in the app store reaches out. Yeah, so true. And, you know, in
0: the there's a form that I always tell people to fill out slash promote, which is yeah. the generic form. And in there, there's a marketing plan field. And maybe you can mention, hey, I'm running a campaign on Amp and Go. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> maybe that might
1: help out. Who yeah. knows? <laughs> hopefully, hopefully, there'll be a lot of app developers that are doing that.
0: Dom, anything that I missed that you want to make sure we cover as well?
1: Um, I just think into yeah, in terms of the future, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with the space. It's ever changing. One of the things that I would love to do in the future is to see how we can leverage a platform for good. So when there's a natural disaster, how do we how do we engage with our roster to back that and get people donating when when people really need it. How do we help charities around the world that don't have budgets um, to run marketing? And how do we get them to find people who care about their product offering? Um, As well as how do we, you know, influences are amazingly powerful and influence is is an amazing thing, Um, but it also needs to be treated with respect and responsibility. And if we can work with products around the world that are benevolent and they're ethically sourced, and they're environmentally sustainable, and AMP and Go can help them grow and get influencers promoting the right products. You know, then I can I can be a very happy person, and I think that the whole team would be would be unbelievably, um, you know, fulfilled with that. So that's kind of where we want to get to. That's our northern star, um, and hopefully we can do it. That's a great mission, man. So more proud
0: to you. I'll be watching from the sidelines, but that's I, I love that. All right, well, this has been absolutely amazing. Let's go to the big finish. Give us one app we should definitely check out.
1: One app. Well, I definitely have to call out Storylogs because they were my first campaign. So check them out. It's a great filters and editing app available on the App Store. Five-star rating. Um, really cool. I think the... Let me just look at my home screen. What else am I using right now?
0: You put it's Citizen. Cool.
1: Citizen... Is an app that I think is great. It's unique, it's innovative, it's not available everywhere, everywhere in the world, but it's you know it's a responsible app. It makes you feel safer. Um, what it does is it, you know, you sign up and you can see anything that's happening around you in terms of whether the, the police, the fire engine department, the ambulance services have been called. And if you're close to a situation that could be dangerous, oh, wow. it will notify you, it will give you your proximity based on where the, the situation might be happening um, so that you can get out of, you know, harm's way uh, or go about your day in a, in a safer way. Um, Citizen, I think, is a great innovation. It's a product that is unique. I haven't seen it happen or, you know, no one else has copied it. Um, definitely check it out if you're based in um, the West Coast or New York. It works really well and be it'll be interesting to see how they're going to um, help the world know about coronavirus um, being so, you know, relevant right now. Um, right. I could be an app that could have an impact. It would
0: have been helpful. Like one day I was walking in San Francisco and I was working there before and I was walking through the Tenderloin because my Waze or Google was like, alright, walk here, right? And It would have been helpful to know that I'm like where the hell am I? <laughs> Nothing yeah. happened, but I was just like okay, I think I went down the wrong street to get to my location. That, that is helpful, man what what's a lesson that took you the longest to learn
1: uh i think i think patience the it's it's a crazy thing and and i i chose to be patient for you know reasons but i followed myself but um you've got to have patience with with anything in this world you know with any tech product or any any startup just everything takes longer than you expect and you've got to be prepared for that and you can't rush it Uh, and yeah, you just got to kind of, you know, keep your head held high and keep the determination and keep thinking outside the box, keep trying to see around the corner before it happens. Um, but I think, you know, there's been times where I've wanted, I've wanted to rush and I'm very glad that I didn't. And I think the you know the ongoing test of patience is probably the, uh, the biggest virtue.
0: I love it, man. The website is called Amp and Go. Just spell it out: A M P and A N D Go. Dom, if the listener wants to follow up, say thank you for coming on. Do you want to send them anywhere else?
1: Uh, definitely check out our Instagram. Um, Amp and Go. There's a bunch of tools on there. You can see which influencers have signed up, some of the brands that we're working with. There's tips if. Uh, if you want to know how to sign up more easily or if you're struggling, um, our team is constantly looking at that. So don't hesitate to DM us um, or send us an email anytime. We're kind of here to help.
0: That's awesome. And I am at Steve P. Young on Instagram as well. And make sure if you're just listening to this, check out our YouTube channel, which, which we're close to 11,000 now. But Dom, thank you so much for coming on doing this. Once again, it is Amp and Go. Dom, thank you, man. I had a blast.
1: Steve, thank you so much. Take care.
0: I'll talk to you soon. Thank you guys for listening. I'll see you